welcome to Not So Molly Mormon Podcast mini-sodes. Today's email comes from listener Kira. Hi, Kira. She writes, I've been listening to your podcast for a few weeks now, and even though I'm still only a few episodes in, I love what you're doing. Oh, thank you. I don't know if you've discussed these topics before, but I wanted to share my experiences. Both stories I am about to share involve the same man from my ward. I don't remember the first as vividly as the second, but they both happened around the same time when my family had moved from Idaho to Arizona. But first, some background about me. I grew up in the church with periods of inactivity during my early childhood. I was never very interested in it myself, but my mom always pushed us to go. My dad was never active. By the time I was close to starting in Young Women's, I had been active for a few years. I was doing all the things I was supposed to do as a good little Mormon girl. I went to church, prayed, went to mutual, read my scriptures, and joined seminary when I started high school. I was almost always in the presidency of my age group and was even the president of the Mayamades for a while. Here is my first story. It was during a meeting of the BYC. So that's, um, oh, sorry, I skipped a little bit ahead. Let me go back. Um, she writes, at some point during this period of time, I was also part of the Bishopric Youth Council. That's the BYC. <laughs> For those who don't know, the BYC is comprised of a member of each age group of the male and female teenagers, as well as the bishop of the church board and his counselors. We discuss things like mutual activities, service projects, and stake business that pertains to the youth groups. Here's my first story. It was during a meeting of the BYC. We were discussing a couple different topics, and it would be my job to relate the most important pieces of this discussion back to the other girls in my age group. One of the topics is something that will continue to bother me until my dying day, modesty. In its essence, the principle of modesty is based on the act of sexualizing a person's body. One must dress modestly so as not to tempt another person to sin because of one's body. Another reason I hate this topic is because it is almost always geared toward the women, but it rarely, if ever, pertains to the men. And sure enough, on this day, all we talked about was what the women and girls of the ward needed to do to better reflect the modest principles of the Mormon church. A man I will simply call Brother N was the one who talked the most, though the other men certainly joined in to add their two cents. Of course they did, because... Who knows best how to tell women what to wear? It's obviously their men. <laughs> they kept saying things like, make sure that your skirts are below the knee and to wear a slip underneath if they are sheer in certain lighting. Be aware of how you're sitting while wearing a skirt so no one can see up it. Don't wear too much makeup as that can be confused for promiscuity. It's your job to dress modestly so that men aren't bombarded with impure thoughts. Ugh, it's so gross and... Honestly, I think I heard all of those exact same things. And looking back on it now, these are young girls aged 12 to 18. And these older men are telling them what to wear so they're not aroused. That is disgusting. It's inappropriate. It's super uncalled for. And I'm just really grossed out that they were even, you know, telling them such things like wear a slip under wear a slip under your dress how about you men don't look or don't be a creep about it right that last one always bothered me in the book of matthew didn't jesus tell his disciples to gouge their own eyes out if they were lusting after a woman <laughs> yep 
that if they can't control their own thoughts and actions, it is their fault and not the woman's. But now you're telling me that I am the one to blame for impure thoughts? Fuck that. I much prefer Jesus' teaching. If you have impure thoughts because a woman is walking down the street in shorts in Arizona during the hot as hell summer, gouge out your eyes. Yes, Kira. That's exactly how I feel too. And oh, I, I can't even imagine. So I moved to Arizona after I left the church. I mean, I hadn't officially resigned, but I was not a member or active. I can't imagine being a Mormon and wearing garments or trying to cover up all the time. The heat is so intense, but yeah, I, I was told the same thing by bishops and counselors that the way that I dressed when I was 13 years old was causing men to sin. So I completely agree with you. <laughs> The really sad part is this isn't limited to religious settings. Girls are controlled by dress codes in schools all around the world. And the shitty excuse given for this? The male teachers aren't comfortable when girls are wearing shorts or sleeveless shirts. How sick and twisted is that? You're a grown man, but you can't concentrate because you're having lustful thoughts about a literal child. Pluck out your eyes and turn yourself into the cops, you pedophile. <laughs> for real though. I could honestly speak on this topic forever. It gets me so worked up, as you can probably tell. <laughs> One year, the young women had quite a bit of money left over in their yearly budget. We planned to spend the majority of it by taking all the girls to Disneyland. I should mention that young men in my ward were always going on fun adventures. At the time of this story, they had gone scuba diving off the coast of California, had multiple camping trips, and taken a trip to Six Flags, as well as a few other things. The young women of the ward had been talking for months about what we could do with the remaining money in our budget. Of course, the topics of service and individual growth were originally at the top of the list, but we had finally managed to convince our leaders to let us use it for something fun for once. We wanted to take a trip together like the boys constantly did. The one major thing we got to do as a group every year was the four or so days at girls camp. Yep. But the young men were always doing a lot more than that, and we were totally jealous. Now, of course, each girl would only receive a portion of that budget and would have to come up with the rest to cover her remaining expenses. So with that tentative plan, I helped my young woman president lay it out on, at the Bishopric Youth Council. Before we had even finished discussing it, one of the bishop's counselors interrupted and told us it wasn't a good idea. He didn't even wait for us to finish or for the bishop to speak. He told us that it was inappropriate for us to be traveling out of state. The president and I both argued with him, saying that wasn't fair because the young men left the state all the time. They were constantly going on trips and having tons of fun together, when the only thing of equivalence the young woman got to do was girls camp. After going back and forth for a few minutes, Brother N finally blurted out his real opinion for why it wasn't appropriate. Because our purpose as young women, and I'm quoting him here, was to stay home and learn to be wives and mothers. If you could see me right now, Kira, my face is super red. Oh! Keep in mind, I was maybe 15 or 16 at the time. I was still a child, and yet here he was saying that my main concern at that point should be learning to be a good wife and mother, like that's all a young woman is good for, being a sex object and a broodmare. I was furious, but I was also in shock. There were so many things I wanted to yell and scream at him, but I couldn't do it. To this day, I wish I had flipped him off, said fuck you, and stormed out of that room. I would have saved myself about three more years of living in that kind of toxic environment. 
But that was the point that I started to lose my faith and that I started to realize just how toxic the culture is. It was a few weeks after I turned 18 that I decided to leave the church for good, and honestly, that decision marks one of the happiest days of my life. A weight lifted off my chest, and I suddenly felt free. I haven't looked back. But I will forever curse that man for being such a sexist pig. Fuck you, brother N. If I ever see your face again, it will be too soon. Those are not nearly all the stories I have to share, but they are the ones that I remember the best and most frequently. Before I sign off, I want to thank you ladies for what you do. It is so important to bring awareness to all the trauma and abuse people have suffered at the hands of the Mormon Church or organized religion in general. Thank you for sharing your stories and giving voice to the people who feel like they can't yet share their own. Oh, Kira, thank you so much. That was that was very kind of you to say. Sarah and I love doing this. I personally really, really love reading these mini-sodes, reading your letters, and I feel like I get to know a piece of all of you, and I, I just feel so connected to all of you because I've experienced these same things, and even if our experiences aren't exactly the same, we know how it feels, right? We've been there, and I'm just, I feel very, very happy that I can have this platform and this opportunity to talk about it. And I'm really glad that it's helping you. I'm glad that you got out and I'm glad that you're happier now. And yes, a big fuck you to Brother N because that is some bullshit. (laughs) But yeah, anyway, thanks again. Thanks so much for sharing. And thank you, all you listeners, for for being here and for listening to this and if you want to send me your story, please do. Our email is notsomollymormonpodcast at gmail.com, and I look forward to hearing from you. I'll talk to you all soon. Bye.